Hello, my name is Frank Harrison. I'm the Regional Security Director of Americas with World Travel Protection. Join Chris Novo, Lisa Hilton, and Matt Ackerston and myself as we discuss safe travel and LGBTQI2S in the lead up to Sydney World Pride 2023. Welcome to Navigate. Hello, everyone. I'll get you to introduce yourself first and which part of our amazing business you are from before we start our discussions on topics many LGBTQI2S travelers can use for travel and personal safety, and this advice can apply to any traveler. I'll start with Lisa. Do you want to introduce yourself and what part of the business you belong to? Thanks. Hi, so I'm Lisa Hilton. So I'm the Chief Technology Officer at Covermore, based out of the Sydney office. Great. Right, thank you. Chris? I'm Chris Noble. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer and I'm based in Sydney, Australia. Thank you. And Matt? Hello, I'm Matt Ackerston. I'm the Pride and Diversity Officer here at Sydney World Pride. My pronouns are he, him, and it's my pleasure to be here to spread the word all about Sydney World Pride all around the world. Thank you, Matt. So before we begin, my only caution to all our listeners, we're all individuals with unique identity-based perspectives with differing tolerances and experiences for traveling. What is the norm for one traveler may not be considered safe by someone else. No single person can be representative of a collective of diverse people. Matt, I'll get you to give a wider um, perspective on what it is we're going to be doing. So while we're recording, we're only a couple of days away now from what is Australia's biggest ever Pride organized event. So it's going to be Every year is a massive Mardi Gras in Sydney with the parade and parties and all those great events. But for Sydney World Pride, these are once-in-a-lifetime events that we've got in our festival. We're expecting thousands and thousands of travellers from across the world to join us. We're going to have a big march across the Harbour Bridge, a stunning human rights conference, and a whole two weeks and three weekends of events to suit everyone all across the LGBTIQA plus community from around the world. So we're really excited to see everyone here very soon. All right. Thank you for that introduction, Matt, and looking forward to our team coming from Covermore Group joining. Lisa, first topic I'd like to put out to our group, safety perceptions and expectations, local laws and getting help. Get you to introduce that topic and give your perspective on it. Yep. So I guess my perspective really is I was born in the UK, so I've lived overseas. I've lived in the States and I've also lived in Australia for almost 20 years. So obviously I travel a lot around the world and I think it's really important as a visibly lesbian woman to be really clear on where I'm going and what their local laws are. And so I often make as part of my preparation for travel, I do some research, I understand what countries I'm in, especially if I'm traveling with a partner because, you know, you need to be really clear on whether it's okay to hold someone's hand or be visibly in a partnership while you're traveling. So yeah, for me, it's something that's very much front of mind. I also have a child, so that's something that I'm super conscious of as well, and making sure that he's safe, I'm safe, and just making sure I'm really going into these countries with my sort of eyes wide open and really clear on what the rules are, what the laws are, and where I can go for help. All right, thank you, Lisa. So Chris, reflecting on that comment of keeping our eyes open, can you expand on that a bit? I think the other fantastic thing about travel as well and also the age that we live in at the moment is our ability to reach out to to locals within those regions as well. And I know from my own experience, I think the type of travel that I enjoy more now is when I have the chance to engage with local people. And I find there's a lot you can learn, obviously, from research perspective in terms of safety, the cultural norms, for want of a better word, but also trying to stay out of trouble is by having those connections in country. So our ability 
these days, whether that's through social networks to to reach out to link in with different individuals and different people in the countries that we're travelling to just adds to that layer of local insight. I think local insight is just as critical as, as any research you're going to do. So I think, you know, being brave and pushing out if you're going to a new country to, to find your community and talk to members of your community in those countries to get a sense of where is safe and where is not is a, uh, is a you know, is, is, is such an amazing part of, of travelling these days. Thank you, Chris. And that, it is interesting that the world has changed dramatically in the shadow of COVID and the world has gotten smaller with technology. And I'll make a comment. In today's world, people are still experiencing violence and discrimination based on their sexual orientation and gender identity or expression. Matt, can you take what was just said by Lisa and Chris and just expand on that a bit, please? Yes, of course. So, look, Sydney is a very safe place for the LGBTIQ communities. But if anything does happen and you do feel unsafe, I want everyone to know who's visiting for Sydney World Pride. We've worked a lot with the police and our security and authorities here. I do diversity and inclusion training with as many police and security as I can. So I want you to know that if something is happening and you feel unsafe or someone's being inappropriate, you can go to police, you can go to security at our events or police if you're on the streets and always feel like it's safe to go up and approach them and tell them what's happening. They're there to serve you and support you. So I just want to make that very clear. The police are on our side. We work with them to close our streets for our big events. We couldn't do what we do without them and they're there to help keep us all safe and supported. So if anything does happen, it's very important to report it and they'll address it as much as they can. They also have what's called DLOs, Diversity Liaison Officers, in the New South Wales Police Service, and they're there to specifically talk to people from our community and help them with what needs they have. Thank you, Matt, for painting the picture on how safety is going to be paramount while our time is in Sydney. But that's going to lead me to the next question when we're dealing with travel. Lisa, on safe destinations, how to know the difference and how do we find accurate information? Yep. So again, I mean, I tend to do more internet research than anything, but also making sure that I'm looking at official sites as well. So it's not someone's sort of opinion on what's safe and what's not safe. So really trying to reference a kind of smart traveler, things like that, where you can go and find accurate information to make sure you're really clear on if you're going to a country where it's illegal to be part of the community, etc., that you're really clear on that before you enter and you know the sort of risks that you're taking. I also, to be honest, I tend to avoid countries where it is illegal because why? Like, I just don't want to put myself in that position. But I realise that may not be what everyone wants to do and it may not be practical for everyone. And I just really try and, you know, at the end of the day, I want to travel because I want to enjoy it and I want to have a great time. So pick destinations and go places where I'm going to feel welcome and I'm going to be kind of free to be myself. Well, that's a good point, Lisa, because there's an argument to be made that we shouldn't visit destinations where there's anti-LGBTQ plus policies and laws and just basically not provide them with tourism dollars. But there's the other side of the argument that many of these destinations have LGBTQ plus communities and people that do exist there. And by traveling to these destinations, there's an opportunity to meet, to support, empower, and potentially influence change in those countries. Chris, would you like to expand on that? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm an ally of the community, a mad traveller, 
I've considered myself a nomad for over 20 years and I think when you travel around the world, it's not only just opening your eyes to new experiences, it's opening your eyes and opening the opportunity to build relationships with people around the world. And I think for a lot of that time, I've taken for granted the challenges that members of the LGBTQI plus community have had and just being able to explore the world and have the same experiences that I've had without that fear of persecution and discrimination and, and understanding and looking at it. And I know it's a very complicated topic and I know that the people that are facing that persecution in the countries that they operate in, it can be very difficult for them. But again, coming back to that point about the role that we play as travellers and living in a far more connected community is how do we lend support to the organisations that are actually working on behalf of people in those regions. And I think that's a big part of certainly where, as Covermore, where we want to play a stronger role in supporting that because I think it's one aspect is to provide that sense of support around travel safety and an understanding of where to go to and the risks and what to watch out for. It's another one to lean in and leverage, uh, you know, your travel community to support rule changes and to support fundamental changes in those in those countries and I think we play a role in that and we will play a stronger role in that moving forward but that will be through the organisations that are working there today. One example of that would be Human Dignity Trust who do amazing work advocating and and trying to change laws and so I think you know we can lend a huge amount of support in that regard but learning and understanding how to do that in a way that also protects the people and can safely support the people in those regions where it's still you know, they're actively being persecuted for those decisions. Thank you, Chris. And reflect on your comments. There are currently 70 countries in the world that criminalize consensual same-sex conduct. Six of those can impose the death penalty, and six others can potentially impose the death penalty. So that's pretty significant. And Matt, when we look at where people can get information, I know that we as a business, we provide a lot of information to our customers before they go out. But for somebody who's new to travel or they're new to a new destination, can you point out some ways that they can do some research? Yes, of course. So we are welcoming a lot of people from around the world for Sydney World Pride. And so, of course, we need a lot of health, well-being, safety information on our website. So if you look at Sydney World Pride and check out the menu there, you'll see a bunch of pages about health and well-being, travel advice, local laws and how to get help. Lots in there about where you can get help in an emergency, what our local laws are, and lots of travel advice. And of course, it it ranges from, it's got a variety of topics. One of the big ones that come up and I warn people about is being sun safe and wearing the sunscreen. Also swimming between the red and yellow flags and looking out for the lifeguards. So things like that. And, and also the other big one is people realising they've got to have their tourist visa for Australia and making sure that they get that done. So uh, there's been lots of advice. The other one we tell people about is getting the monkeypox vaccination, getting COVID vaccinations if they haven't already, making sure they're prepped and ready to travel. So uh, that's all our safety advice. Mental health is another big one for our communities. We have people from, for example, Are You OK Day uh, and Acons Rovers there to look after the mental health and well-being of all the people that come along. So a lot of that information is on our website now, sydneyworldpride.com. Awesome, Matt. Thank you for framing personal traveler safety and importance of individual risk profiles because ultimately, yeah, I'm coming from Canada and I'm going to need SPF 3000, I think. <laughs> Lisa, do you want to expand on uh, Matt's comments? Yeah, look, I think there's a wealth of information out there and certainly that's always 
kind of my go-to to go and kind of see, you know, what information I need to know. I think just echoing one of the points that Matt made earlier around kind of the police and the people that are there to help you, I think the thing I would call out is if people do have kind of challenges when they're down here, don't feel you don't need to confront that yourself. You don't need to deal with it. Um, certainly when I've had any issues anywhere, I just quietly, you know, go tell security, go tell the cops or whoever's around and then they kind of deal with it and then I'm, I don't have to deal with it. So I think that would be a big call out for me. Sydney, it's such an amazing city. It's pretty safe. You know, people are going to have yeah amazing time. Very exciting coming down for World Pride. Awesome. Thanks, Lisa. So, Chris, I'm going to pose a question to you, and this is understanding limits of one's passport when abroad. What is okay at home might not be accepted abroad. So, taking that question, do you want to start off our conversation? Yeah, look, it comes back to research and it comes back to understanding the country that you're traveling to and some of those restrictions. And we, you know, we've just gone through COVID as well, which has been such a a frustrating situation for people as the rules have changed around entry and exit in particular, what you can do, the information that you need, what you need to submit, and that varies massively from country to country. And I think Australia has certainly been up there in terms of the expectation that's placed on people who are coming in to provide information, whether that's you know proof of vaccination, all the way down to just more detailed information around where they're going to be and for, for what period of time. So I think, again, it varies by country that you come into. But that being said, and echoing Lisa's point and Matt's point as well, I mean, coming into particularly the context of World Pride, coming into Sydney, by and large, comparatively, a, a very welcoming and very warm environment. I think it's, a, you know, it's an amazing, amazing place to host this event. But like any place that you come to, being aware of, you know, some of those risks. And yeah, in Australia, sometimes it's, it's more of the concern of the weather and and hydration uh, and all sorts of those types of things. But again, you know, as the guys have said, there's a lot of support around and this is going to be a, certainly a very heavily supported event in terms of safety and wellbeing and many opportunities, many places where you can reach out to in those situations. But like you said at the start, I think being acutely aware and always aware when travelling to a new destination around some of those laws and those restrictions in relation to where you're... And sometimes it's not... The same rule doesn't apply to everyone. I think that's the other critical thing here is different rules will apply if you're coming into Australia from Canada, say, if you're coming in from Egypt. So I just think wherever you're coming into Sydney from, you know, again, go back, make sure that you check on what's required and get that done well in advance. Thanks, Chris. So, Matt, I'm going to pose a question to you, but I'm going to make a statement first, and that's when we're looking at the world of travel through the lens of going to other places besides, you know, this amazing event that we're all going to, there's issues around the potential for persons who have an affirmed gender who may be denied medical services while they're traveling. There could be barriers in foreign justice systems that may not recognize or may even criminalize a sexual orientation based on an identity on a passport or not identify. And ultimately, it comes down to, you know, everybody, we've talked about the research aspect of it. Do you want to just provide us an overarching comment on that issue of the barriers that may be faced as travelers go out to the world? Yes, you're absolutely right. And the one thing that we need to work harder on is making sure that for people who are transgender and they're affirming their gender or a gender diverse, that they are able to change their legal documents when they're traveling. Because you end up with a scenario where you're, you might be living as a woman, very happy and well, but then your documents like your passport still might have the wrong gender on there. 
an out-of-date document that's very hard to fix and hard to change. So a lot of great countries are taking steps to make sure it's possible to change documents like that, but a lot aren't. And so a lot of gender-diverse people, when they're traveling, they might be what they call dead-named, where an old name could be on a document or a gender that doesn't match with their identity. So that's a major topic for our human rights conference to talk about because a lot of places in the world are, are in a different state of that dialogue now. And a lot of states in Australia are in a different place with that, with those possibilities at the moment. So that's a big topic of discussion for our human rights conference. And even though Australia and New South Wales is a great place to come and visit, just because we have world pride, it doesn't mean we're perfect. The key objective of the Human Rights Conference is to create change, not just for the neighbours around us, but for our people as well. And our gender-diverse people, our trans people, really need a lot of those law reforms to happen around various states and territories of Australia. So that's a real key topic for us. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Matt. Lisa, do you want to expand on that? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I think, and I keep coming back to it, but I think for me, it's really around having that information, you know, really understanding where you're going, understanding, like you said, um, Matt, within a country like Australia, you know, you move from state to state, there's different rules, different laws. I also think being really aware of countries that you're transiting through as well, if whether you're, you know, just going straight through or if you're having a stopover as well, being really clear on that. And I think just be aware, you know, when you're being in Sydney, it's very different to being, say, out in, you know, rural New South Wales. So just I think be aware, be safe, yeah, have a great time, but just you know, make sure your safety is your number one area of focus. All right, thank you, Lisa. So my next one is, can we talk about examples of travel safety in situations? And, and I'll use one where I was traveling a couple of years ago with um, a friend of my, or a couple of friends of mine, and we were in an environment where it was hostile to LGBTQ plus and we made the decision before going in that we were not going to talk about gender issues. We were going to talk about sexuality and we were going to respect them and protect their privacy because we were in an environment where potentially they faced violence. And that was a decision that we made before we traveled into that environment. And looking back on it, it was probably the best choice to make because we were in a very hostile environment when it came to gender and sexuality issues. And it's something that on occasion I've had to have those discussions again with other people. But just putting this out there to Lisa or Matt, uh, what do you feel about that? Or do you have any further comments to add to it? I think from my perspective, like I said, it's really your safety has to be paramount. So whilst we all want to stand up for our rights and make sure that we can be free to be who we want to be. We also need to be make sure that at that moment in time, when we're in a potentially hostile environment, we need to make sure that we're safe first and foremost. I think it's really around, you know, making sure that when things happen, you don't have to necessarily face them head on. You know, I've had a number of things over my time, ranging from, you know, annoying when someone keeps going, are you sure you want, you know, a king bed and not two singles? And you're like, no, no, no. It's, <laughs> but, you know, through the things where you go, actually, this is a bit dangerous, so I'm just not going to confront this. And I'm not going to say anything about it. So I think for me, and understanding like what those laws are as well, so, you know, you need to be really careful um, if you're in a potentially dangerous location as well, around the things you talk about, probably not holding hands with a partner, things like that. So, yeah, I think just 
information is key and just, yeah, keep yourself safe, I think. All right, Chris or Matt, do you want to jump in? Yes, look, even for me, I go to a lot of Pride events all around the world. And sometimes when I travel, my partner and I always feel very safe, but sometimes we'll be transiting through another airport and another place. And I kind of hide the rainbows a little bit and wouldn't hold hands there just in case. I respect the local laws and we don't want drama. So uh, that's where we sort of hide our pride a little bit there. It's sad to say, but I know there are some places where we don't want to put ourselves in, at risk. I also would say that while I've been going around the world promoting Sydney World Pride, there have been times where I've been at a big pride event and there's been police there with riot shields and they're protecting us from homophobic neo-Nazi people. Uh, and it's been just the most stunning thing to see. And I think for any pride organizer around the world to be able to see an event like that and protesters uh, yelling homophobic things at us, it really does put into perspective why these events matter and, uh, and it makes us feel very lucky to have what we have here in Australia. So I'd just like to point that out because at places I've been is a very intense conversation. All right, Chris, Lisa, Matt, what an incredible discussion we've just had about travel risk and going to destinations, how to be an informed traveler. Lisa, if you could look at your travels and where you've been in the world, is there one piece of advice that you can give our listeners? Yep. And um, that would be for me, it would be to take out um, travel insurance that covers both yourself and kind of everyone who's in your party. And then reflecting on that, Chris, how would you expand on that comment? It's going to say, we, obviously, we're a travel insurance business, so this isn't the hard sell. I mean, as a traveller and specifically as a traveller for me, there is a multitude of things that can happen. So I think it's critical for you to understand the policy and understand your situation, your own personal situation, the destination you're going to in the context of that policy and the things that you're likely to do. So everything from whether you're into adventure activities, does the, you know, just the cover cover that, cancellation, luggage, medical. I think the most important thing is to ensure that if you're travelling a different country and something happens to you and you end up in a hospital, the bills can be staggeringly high. So, I mean, they're the fundamentals, but also I think coming back to also the importance of just more so around travel insurance is also assistance. And I think a lot of people forget that in the context of, you know, worrying about having luggage stolen or a flight cancelled is if you do get into a precarious situation, just having the assistance company a phone call away to help you through whatever situation you're going through around either a medical event or a safety event. We have amazing teams and amazing people that genuinely care about our customers when they travel. And so calling that out as part of when you're looking at buying travel insurance and and hopefully you'll consider that as one of the brands from the Covermore Group, is to look at that and think about assistances, you know, certainly is a critical part of what you need. And certainly, you know, we've spoken about coming to Australia as a relatively safe environment to come to, but, yeah, the importance of travel insurance, the importance of travel assistance is why you really need to take that policy out before you come. Chris, it's a really good topic to bring up because I'll add to that a lot of individuals travel with credit cards and they believe that they have coverage for travel interruption, lost luggage. And my advice to those travelers that are relying on that financial device, that credit card, confirm with your financial institution before you travel that you actually have coverage. In the 
shadow of the pandemic, there's a lot of credit card companies. They've either reduced their packages that they offer or they've canceled them. And a lot of individuals may not be aware that they're no longer covered for travel on their credit card. So be aware before you go. And if you don't have that coverage with your credit card, as Chris said, get a suitable and appropriate coverage for those unexpected delays. Because I'm on the assistance side of the business and there's nothing more heartbreaking than somebody who needs help having their worst possible day and they don't have coverage. That's an incredibly valid point. And again, I know it's 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 always hard and it's very difficult when you're going through and you're purchasing any insurance product, but even travel insurance as well. And we've certainly tried to make it as simple and as easy to understand and for you to be able to make that decision based on your, your own requirements um, as to what you would need or what you might need. But again, our customer service staff are only a phone call away and it's worth the time that if you have any doubts and if you have any concerns in relation not only to your policy but also how it will protect you in the country that you're travelling in, you know, always reach out, always happy to help, always happy to answer questions to make sure that you, you feel you've got the right level of cover that you need when you're travelling. Thank you for listening as Chris Noble, Lisa Hilton, and Matt Ackerston and myself discuss LGBTQI2 safe travel as we prepare for Sydney World Pride 2023. Looking for the best travel podcast and inspire your upcoming adventures while also helping you travel smarter? Listen to Navigate, the top travel podcast that enhances how you explore the world found on our worldtravelprotection.com travel assist hub. In each episode, our World Travel Protection hosts speak with travel industry experts and experienced everyday travelers to bring you thought-provoking travel insights, experiences, and advice, helping empower you to travel the world confidently. Until next time, I am Frank Harrison.